Folks, it's uh, tremendous to be able to invite some friends. I thought you'd maybe fed up listening to me. Uh, so it was good to be able to have some friends to come along with us tonight. And uh, I'm going to ask Stuart Glass, first of all, to come up and he's going to uh, give a bit of a children's address and just tell you a bit about his time uh, in Ambassador to Stuart. Hi, it's, uh, it's great to be here tonight. Um, yes, yeah, so I was just thinking beforehand, Derek was saying how long um, he's been involved with Ambassadors now, about seven or eight years. And uh, just got a wee presentation here. Uh, just of, uh, just, um, let's see now, that's the, the wrong one, if you can. That's, that's my name. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just going to, yeah, so I'm from County Armagh, and one of the things uh, you think about from County Armagh is, is probably apples, and it happens to be that I'm also an apple farmer as well, so I'm a bit of a stereotypical County Armagh man. Um, but I was just saying about Dirk uh, coming on board, and he, God must have known what was uh, about to happen because uh, very shortly after Dirk came on board Ambassadors, we started a little family. And this is me and my wife, uh, Cheryl. And we have uh, Isla in the middle, who's six, Lachlan, who's five, we've got Flora, who's three, and we have baby Rowan, who's four months. Um, so things get very busy whenever Dirk arrives. So I'm very thankful he came aboard. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, we might have struggled to keep things all going with, uh, with the farm and the family as well. Um, so I work part-time with ambassadors. Uh, I got involved with ambassadors back in 2006. Um, whenever I, got I joined the, the football team then, I went for a random football trial and it turned out to be ambassadors football, our ambassadors football club. And uh, I just got involved with them and sort of more and more. Uh, I eventually became staff member uh, and I've been working with them now for about 10 years. And probably one of the, the big things that was a really big influence in me uh, becoming a staff, staff member was a, a mission trip I did um, back in, started in 2009, and we went away for six months. And uh, it wasn't a, a normal mission tour where you just go to one place. Uh, it, was quite, it was quite different. It was actually a, a cycle that took six months. Um, so uh, it was actually down the continent of Africa. Okay, so back in 2010, there was the World Cup in South Africa. And uh, another guy, Rob Cuthbert, who maybe Dirk's talked spoke about before, he, did, he works out in Senegal at the minute, but he was a missionary. He was born and raised in Africa, in, uh, in, in Senegal, in Guinea-Bissau. So he thought, well, we have to do something big for Africa for this World Cup. It's the first time it's ever been. And he thought, well, we could maybe drive a car down Africa. And he thought that would be a bit easy. And uh, so maybe we could run down it. No, he thought, again, no, that's going to take a long time if we decide to run or walk down it. So we decided to do a cycle down Africa, and we started up at the very top there in Morocco and Tangiers. Um, so we started there and we cycled down the west coast. We didn't go straight, we had to go down around the west coast round and down, right, the whole way down to Cape Town. Uh, so just to get a bit of an idea in terms of that's Africa, roughly this, this it looks, looks small enough there on the map, but if you compare it to the size of Ireland, it's, it's quite, quite big, okay? So that's roughly kind of to scale. Um, so that's, that's Africa and that's Ireland. So it's a wee bit different. Uh, so it's a wee bit, uh, so if you think how, if you're going to cycle to the bottom of Ireland, it's a wee bit easier than doing the Africa trip. So I'm just going to walk you through a little bit, a little bit of my experience uh, when I did this cycle. Uh, as I say, I haven't spoke about this in a long time. Uh, as the last time I did a presentation about this was maybe about nine years ago. Um, so Actually looking at it again was bringing loads of memories back and just trying to remember everything about it, all the things that happened. Um, so 
Generally, we would get up pretty early um, because obviously Africa is pretty hot and we, we wanted to get a lot of the cycling done uh, throughout the early mornings. Um, so like uh, we, a typical week, we would be probably cycle five or six of those days of, of a week um, unless we had something else sort of planned, any kind of ministry stuff. So we up at five o'clock and we'd kind of um, get, get things ready out, pack everything up at night so nothing was stolen. So we had to get it every, all out and we'd get breakfast on the way and generally, um, we'd uh, maybe have pancakes on a, on a good day. This is Rob, who uh, again, who's one of the, who's out in Senegal at the minute. He would be on uh, pancake duty, so it was always good when you saw Rob out. Uh, otherwise, you might have le- leftovers from the night before, or a bit of bread with some jam on it or something. So pancakes was a real treat. Uh, and then we'd get ready for get our cycle gear on, ready to go. And every day, a different member of the team would uh, share a verse and maybe a thought for the day. So we had 10 core members of the team who did the whole thing. And then there's people who came out for legs uh, for maybe two or three weeks spells as well to be part of it. Um, so that was always something uh, as we got going then to sort of meditate on and think of as we got hit the road. Uh, so just sort of six o'clock then on the road, hopefully sometimes it was dark, sometimes the sun was coming up. So lots of beautiful scenery just to kind of chat with people. Uh, as the day went on, Obviously, started to get very warm. Uh, yeah, we like there was days we were 40, 50 degrees temperatures. So uh, we wanted to get a lot of miles out of the way um, in the mornings. All different types of roads. You can see they're very dusty um, to very mucky roads. This was in Cameroon. Um, just we just kind of went off uh, the, the truck we have is like a support vehicle with us, and it couldn't come with us. So we kind of it went the main roads down to uh, the capital. So we had to go on our bikes, uh, sort of just by ourselves for a week as well, which was a great experience. And then here uh, in Morocco, this is where we started off. The, we didn't really re- think about this, but in the first week we had to go through the Atlas Mountains, which was kind of like pretty big mountains to go to kind of to kind of to start off. Um, so, but it was in a way it was good because. You know, we, we started going up these mountains, and by the, like nobody wanted to quit because obviously the first no one wanted the first one off their bike to kind of like get a lift or whatever. But uh, going through these mountains really prepared us for the rest of the journey. It was a real hardship going through these mountains, and really uh, prepared us for the rest of the trip. Um, so that's ten o'clock. Uh, this is yeah, just another type, type of road that's in Guinea-Bissau, uh, going through dirt roads. And then by sort of 12 o'clock, it was getting too hot, so we'd always then would pull over, um, get lunch going. So sometimes we, we cooked our own lunch, which was generally sort of rice, which was the, the, more, the most of the stable uh, diet throughout the time. Sometimes we would uh, stop at little sort of little food shacks and, uh, and, and get some local cuisine, um, which varied. And then sometimes, again, this is, I think we're just grabbing some leftover from breakfast, some pancakes leftover from breakfast, and a bit of bread, and kind of just get some fuel into us and head off again. Um, so back, so we would generally try to have a, maybe in some of those definitely the warmer countries, we would have a little siesta or just get out of the shade or maybe uh, go and see what's going on with some of the local people as well. Uh, and so we'd, we'd back on the road, sort of three o'clock, and um, there's Rob cheating by uh, grabbing on the back of a, <laughs> a few, a few. I don't know what that is. Uh, and then, like, we would find different treats all over the place. These things were uh, sort of in Central Africa. These wee men would go around in bikes, and they'll have little sort of containers full of ice cream and uh, ice just to keep them keep them cool. And they were just 
during like those those times, those kind of things were just so essential to keep us going. Um, also, like cold cokes throughout Africa, you could always find a cold coke no matter where you went, which was like kind of a real highlight as well. Whenever you you were just going, do you have any coke? Do you have any? <laughs> Asking all the different people what did they have uh, and was it cold? Because obviously it was so warm. Um, uh, and then sort of about six o'clock would stop, whether that was just pulling over and camping in the bush or whatever, or uh, getting our camp set up. Sometimes we would stay at different uh, churches uh, before we planned, like we planned to just kind of meet up with different churches along the way. And we also just found different places as well. This, also, there's a lot of kind of Catholic missions about the place as well, which, you know, we, don't <laughs> we maybe not want to talk about, but uh, they were always very hospitable to us in Africa as well. So um, it, was, it was great to, uh, whenever we got to stay in those kind of places. And then when we got there, we obviously got ourselves washed and uh, get ourselves kind of get all clean for the next day. Um, so, yeah, whenever we got into camp, Obviously, there was no Wi-Fi so, or internet usually, so we just kind of sat around. We got our evening meal together, and we had our devotions every night. Um, different person was on devotions, and then we kind of would have sang praise as well, which was a brilliant experience just to be able to do that. Here, there's so much going on, so busy. Uh, like, I find myself in Africa whenever I was there really just so drawn to reading my Bible, reading Christian books, and... Uh, and just got really focused into that and really developed me in my faith as well. So here we are just kind of all sitting around eating. And then we got a fairly early bedtime as well because we knew we'd have to be up again. Uh, we, were, we were retired by that stage and obviously had to be up very early in the morning. Uh, uh, so a few things just to highlight food. Uh, we all had lots of different kinds of cuisine there. Some of the interesting, more interesting ones. Um, here's some... Uh, chicken's feet uh, that we got served up one time and, and, uh, and, and what was that? That was in Burkina Faso in uh, a town called Pa. And then these were like little widgety grubs that they would fry and put uh, like, like really hot spices on. Um, the grubs probably were okay, but the, the, the spices were, were far too hot and for me. Uh, I didn't really enjoy them at all. Um, uh, what else now? We have, sorry, it's just frozen there. Um, so we had all kinds of different, oh, yeah, so that was, yeah, some goat's heads, I think, yeah, goats. <laughs> goats, and that, that's actually a snake as well that we found and we cooked because we, we were just kind of cooking everything because, <laughs> yeah, we were so hungry um, some stages. And, but there were some good things. This is, uh, one of, this is Rob's wife, Kyla. She's cooking some, uh, some kind of chocolate brownies for us and frying pans as well, so... And we did get some good treats as well. Um, yeah, so hygiene, obviously, we had bucket showers uh, to, kind of, uh, to kind of keep ourselves uh, hygienic. Because obviously, you're sweating all day on a bike. So you need to make sure that you're clean. Sometimes you would find a waterfall uh, to be able to wash yourself under. Sometimes it rained, and we just used the rainwater. Um, so all different types of ways just to kind of keep ourselves clean and healthy. Um, our campsites, so we used basically mostly tents. Uh, throughout the whole trip, uh, yeah, every day it was nice to kind of we would get in and start the fire, so we were able to cook. And it was just the fire, obviously, you just wait after a long day on the bike, you just like to stir, you'd sit and look at the fire and chat about the day and chat about life and all the kinds of things that we're thinking about during the day. And obviously, we'd get our bit of admin as well done, sort of washing kits and washing your your cycling shorts and everything else, getting them ready for the next day. 
getting them dry, bit of bike maintenance as well. So, and then obviously if there's any rivers or lakes, we'd always like a dip in there just to cool off. And that's some of us, some of the locals uh, kind of just cooling down in the, in the sun. And like, obviously there's some nice things as well. Uh, some great views and some waterfalls and just some beautiful scenery all around Africa. Definitely the best way to see um, the world is on the back of a bike. I can definitely guarantee you that. So uh, this is just some of the wildlife we saw. Um, this was just on the road as we were cycling down. Uh, we, like, uh, we call them a chameleon. Yes, so it's a chameleon. We just stopped and picked it up and had a look at it, took some pictures. And in Burkina Faso, we were cycling along the road and all of a sudden a big herd of elephants came out in front of us and, and walked in front of us. So we stopped there for an hour and kind of watched them and took, took nice pictures. But like the, obviously there's some downsides to being uh, of the wildlife in Africa. These are like loads, of, maybe you can't see them there, but there's loads of bites all over our legs there just from the flies. Uh, this is just around the equator. There's just so many flies and just we're, we're just plagued by these kind of things. Um, this again is in, in Morocco, just a, a camel there as well. And this was a, a lion that we saw. We weren't cycling at the time, but um, it was in a, in a, we stopped at a, at a wild like a safari park for a day or two as well. So we, we saw all kinds of uh, great things like this land in particular. Um, yeah, so along the way, there was loads of different opportunities for mission. Uh, there was some we'd organized and there's some we, we didn't organize. It just sort of happened. Um, so this is in Cameroon. We had kind of stopped in Cameroon and we met a pastor there. And he was like, oh, you guys, this is brilliant. You know, you guys could do and come do sports ministry. And he pretty much organized three or four days of events for us to go and help him out with. And this wasn't planned, but we just, um, you know, we, we, we went and did loads of different things with him. And he, we just felt that we just fitted it into our schedule. We said, right, we'll, we'll stop here for a few more extra days and do this because it arose. Um, and then here, this is the place in power where we got those nice chicken legs um, or chicken feet. Uh, this was just an opportunity to, to, to go and uh, speak with them. We, they, we helped them with like, the food preparation. We saw how they, they did it. We shared our different stories about, um, I told them that um, I was a farmer and I had like four tractors and they were like, wow, four tractors. They don't like, they had like one tractor and like maybe a local village that they all borrowed and sort of thing and just couldn't believe the differences um, in like how we lived and how they lived. And equally we shared about our faith with them as well and, and their traditions as well. So it was just opportunities. This was us all kind of sitting around and chatting about um, the different ways that we lived. Um, and then sometimes we would just uh, see a group of kids and we'd just jump off our bikes and have a kick around with them and then we were able to uh, share with them um, what we were doing and, and why we were here. Um, so there's like loads of different opportunities. There's Rob, he's just uh, sharing it with them, um, a little skit about um, what Jesus does for us. Um, so yeah, there's just loads of different opportunities that we had. Um, this is Rob in Senegal. There was a lot of events in Senegal because obviously Rob had a lot of connections out there. And we had there was a two or three days of events again in Senegal, uh, and uh, yeah, we we give out sort of Bibles to some of the young kids there in Senegal, in Nigeria. Um, it was um, unbelievable when we went to Nigeria. We we just crossed the border, and all of a sudden there was all these TV cameras and um, people celebrating us that we were here, and we didn't really know any of this was going to happen, <laughs> and we were like celebs for like a, a day. Uh, so like we went back and they put us up in a hotel and we were on the news and you know it was just surreal and on the back of that you know there was 
like there was so much opportunity um, for them, like the cycling organization were given the, the velodrome there that wasn't, that would kind of been, been, been come into disrepair and stuff. And uh, yeah, there was just loads of opportunities to, to share what we were doing. And um, the, the money uh, we raised from this trip went to the Hope Academy, and uh, which was, it's kind of a, a prison ministry that uh, ambassadors were involved in South Africa. So yeah, the, some of the money that the, we got donated money in Nigeria on the back of the, all the sort of TB and press and stuff to, that went towards them as well. So there's loads of different things um, that that we did, and, and we ended up um, I ended up doing like a trek. Derek's been to many places with with uh, doing treks, which is kind of training, resource and equipping churches and coaches. Um, I ended up having to do one in Senegal uh, because Rob got sick. So that was my first opportunity to kind of teach a course and, and lead it, which again, kind of as I said, uh, it kind of the whole trip, it, it kind of got me to that level when I when I came back, I was like, I can't just sort of do this trip and not be involved after the things I've seen, what God has done for us through the trip by keeping us safe and all the different uh, sort of, uh, people might call them coincidences, but just the fact that his, his Holy Spirit was with that team and protected us. Um, but like the whole way through and the, the, the learning experience I had and the, the time I had with God and just the, the way my faith really grew over that trip, I was like, right, okay, I'm gonna have to then, I, I just feel really called to go into this ministry. Uh, so yes, that's a, a little bit about me. Uh, on the back of the cycle, we ended up doing lots of other cycles um, and it just shows that you can use anything, okay? So you, you may be, like I suppose we're a sports ministry and we use mainly football, um, but uh, we use cycle, we use the, this sport that we, like this a vehicle of, of cycling to then, uh, to share the gospel. And uh, so we, we ended up going to Poland uh, in two years, the two years after that, um, for the Euros, we cycled the whole way to Poland. And then the year after that, we cycled around Ireland. And then the year after that, we went to the, the France, the Euros, when Northern Ireland were there as well. So, um, it kind of got smaller somehow, and I think that's probably because Rob started having kids and I started then having kids as well. <laughs> so just to be able to, to be able to do that. But equally, if there's anybody here who's interested in cycling uh, or, or thinks that they uh, might want to start doing something like that again, uh, then potentially yeah, we, could, we could start something like that up. Um, so uh, yeah, so that's just a wee bit about me, a wee bit about how I got involved and just suppose a bit something different maybe um, from maybe Dirk has spoken about before. Um, thank you very much, Stuart. Uh, it was great to hear that story of the cycle. I'm glad I joined after the cycle when I hear some of that stuff. Uh, but I really can testify myself even to the fact of young people, if you get an opportunity to go on a mission trip, um, you may go just for the adventure. You may just go uh, maybe for different reasons, uh, but you will come back changed. You'll come back. God can speak to you through it and it's just totally changed Stuart's life through that and he can change your life too. I'm uh, going to speak maybe a wee bit later about uh, a wee trip that I'm on um, to Senegal. Uh, and it's the same idea, those young people I'm taking over there, um, I'm not sure of their motive of going necessarily. They're all Christian young men. Uh, we're going for times of fellowship, times of devotion. We're going over to share the word of God over there. But my prayer would be that those young people would be changed forever. Those could be the young people uh, who in the future uh, are taking on and carrying on ambassadors. Uh, so that's what our, our purpose is. Guy, you, can you put up that wee? Uh, let me see, I flick this on this middle button. Uh, there we go. 
So I'm going to, first of all, probably fill you in a wee bit of the sort of the bigger picture of ambassadors, and then I'm sort of going to hone down a wee into uh, just some of the aspects of it. So Ambassadors Football, uh, this is our message and framework. During lockdown, uh, it was an opportunity for many of the, the leaders and the global side of things to get together because what would ha had happened because ambassadors had grown so much, they were involved now in, I think it's about 34 countries now around the world. Uh, they're really, really growing. Some of those uh, offices that are in those uh, countries are not necessarily the big offices. It might be one, two people, uh, but there's a lot of room for growth. Um, but what was happening and when people were saying what are ambassadors about, it was like uh, certain people in one country would say this and some other people in another country would say this because of the diversity, because of the different cultures, of the different ways of uh, the different programs that were being used. So they came together and they'd come up with this sentence. I don't know if you can see that on the top there. Uh, the sentence was, what we do, if we're asked what we do, we're a global organization that connects people to Jesus through football. So there you have it in one sentence. It kind of narrows it down. But obviously, uh, we're, it goes wider than that. So our focus, we talked about the three M's, we, uh, modeling where we demonstrate and lead uh, the programs that we do, uh, mobilizing which is raising and releasing people, the likes of these mission trips, taking them away and uh, hoping to inspire them and hoping for them to go on and do this work. And then there's multiplying where uh, we serve and we start to grow and we start to partner with other organizations and other churches. Um, so here in Northern Ireland, uh, the, the programs that we use um, are our summer camps, um, our Church's Cup, uh, summer camps you've heard quite a bit about from, from me, uh, our Church's Cup, uh, which is a, a tournament that's been ran, uh, Stuart's really involved with that, it's ran long before my time, uh, it, ha it hasn't happened in the last couple of years, but we're hoping that this year, we maybe even on a smaller scale, we'll be able to have our, our Church's Cup um, our schools, football sessions, where we have coaches going into schools, into primary schools, which are still very open for us to get in, where we get in and coach football, but we also get an opportunity to share the gospel, to share our faith uh, with the kids in schools. Uh, schools tournaments, again, the last time we had a schools tournament, it was a girls tournament. I think we had something like 350 kids over a couple of sessions. Um, and I remember I was able to stand, I could just picture it now, just standing in front of just this sea of wee faces all looking at me and me able to share my, share my faith with them, share something from the Bible with them. Um, Stuart mentioned the trek training, where we will train coaches up to go out and do what we do. Um, coaching tours is something that, uh, again, we encourage young people to come along to these coaching tours. We have opportunities to go to the US for five weeks. Uh, they can go to Holland uh, up to three weeks um, in Holland. There's camps we do there, Czech Republic, uh, there's trips to Spain. There's just always opportunities for young people who have not necessarily a lot of experience, but are just willing to volunteer, willing to help. Uh, they'll go out and they'll be looked after. They'll not be thrown into the deep end, uh, but they go and they learn a bit more about what we do, and hopefully uh, they'll then develop. And uh, again, that could be the future of ambassadors. Um, we have our playing tours, which again, I say I'm going to talk a wee bit about later. Uh, we also, uh, locally, or down in Rich Hill area, uh, Port of Down area, we have our girls' academy, we have a boys' academy, um, and I think there's about maybe 250 to 300 kids are going along to that now. We have a ladies' team, um, we have three men's teams now, a, a first, a reserves, and we have an under-23 team started now as well. Um, and we also just recently, um, because of Emily and CJ's involvement, we've got into a game called Futsal. Futsal is, if you don't know, it's something similar to football. It's an indoor. It's what we used to call five-a-sides, but it's played with a, a heavier ball. Um, it's, uh, there's a few different rules, 
Uh, but futsal will be a very common game in Europe and very common game with the foreign nationals that, that live uh, in the area. Uh, so there has been an opportunity. We really believe that God has kind of have led this to happen, uh, that we get involved in futsal. Um, and then, of course, uh, let's see. Sky, you flick that on for me, maybe? So then, of course, uh, kind of how ambassadors started, I think, was really uh, the football team. Uh, Robert Cuthbert, as I mentioned, and Robert started a, an ambassador's football team down around that area, and that team continues on today. Um, and so you don't have to listen to me the whole time. I'm going to ask Delhi. Uh, I, do, I only knew you as Delhi. I didn't know your whole name was Delvin. I just found that out tonight. <laughs> so Delhi has got involved with the men's team, and Delhi's going to come up and tell you a wee bit from his perspective about the men's team and what it's all about. Well, it's great to be with you tonight, folks, up in Ohio. Uh, and as Derek has said, everybody down at home calls me Dally or Dale, but my proper name is Delwyn Malcolmson. And it's great to be with you tonight. Uh, and I'm from Market Hill. And I'm sure you're delighted that I'm not up here tonight to talk about the protocol after seeing the news in recent evenings. But it's great to be with you just to share a little of what's happening with the ministry that is indeed ambassadors. And uh, I have to put these on to see the couple of notes that I've written down. But I do remember it's great to renew fellowship with your minister as well, because many, many years ago, I remember playing with William, playing football down in the Cairn, being playing fields down beside uh, his then home. And I don't know whether he can remember that far back or not, but uh, we used to have great crack down there, as we would call it, uh, playing football and uh, enjoying one another's company. But I've broken this down tonight really into uh, what I'm going to say just about ambassadors. I just came on board with ambassadors about just last year. I was asked to help uh, with the first team. And what is ambassadors? And it's really a sports ministry, uh, a football-related sports ministry. I know uh, Stuart has talked about cycling and, and other aspects of that as well. But I'm specifically involved with the first team and helping to coach and do other little tasks as well. And that's essentially what ambassadors is with the various football teams. And as I say, I'm associated with the first team. Uh, and why indeed do we play football? How on earth could we share with others through playing football? Well, it's plain and simple. It's a group of men who have come together, really, with a shared interest or a common interest in, in playing football. But it's quite a unique football team in that sense because the majority of the guys are all Christians. And I have played with other football teams, and I have managed other football teams and, uh, in different leagues. But none of the football teams that I was ever connected with uh, do some of the things that ambassadors do. And that is at our training sessions, at our football matches, before and after each game, we always pray. And we commit our time to the Lord. 
and win, lose, or draw. We pray at the beginning, and we pray at the end. And very often, one of the coaches or one of the players will give a short devotion on something that they've been reading during the week, or perhaps a verse that means something special to them at that particular moment in time. And that's rather unique because as we go out and play our matches, we have an opportunity to be examples to those we come into contact with. Our opponents, the referees, the people we deal with in the various leagues that the teams have been entered in. And it is a football ministry that is reaching out to all those folks that we come into contact with. And just recently, the club have produced some hats. And some people mightn't think that, that they're very useful apart from wearing it on a very wet Saturday or whatever, but there are only three words on these hats that we have produced. And one of them, obviously, is football. And that is the shared goal that we have, the common interest that all the men and the boys and girls and all have. But there's another name on that, and it's faith. And the majority of our players are all Christians, as I've said. It has drawn them together. And this is how they share their faith, by the way they act on the football pitch, by the way we uh, talk to others, communicate with others. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't play very hard. We play fair, but we are Christians and we are examples uh, on the faith on the pitch and as we play our football. And there's another word on the hats as well. It's future. Because each of the guys that have committed their life to the Lord Jesus Christ, we're interested in our football. They profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But they all know that in coming to the Lord Jesus Christ, that they have a future and that they have hope. And it's rather interesting that as Stuart was speaking there, he was talking about cycling the cycle for hope. And we can all say that, that as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we have a future and that one day we will see him face to face when he calls us home from uh, this earth that we live on. So what is ambassadors? Yes, it's a football team. But that is not the main priority. When is it? It's on a Tuesday evening when we train and our matches would be on a Saturday. And if you're a young fella and not involved up here in a Hohal or Balamina in any of the leagues, I'm sure Derek would be glad to... Uh, Put you into the car beside him on a Saturday and bring him down and you can play your football with ambassadors competing in the Middlestar Football League. Or perhaps you would like to go on one of the trips that has been referred to 
Hey, and you may enjoy that. And especially if you're a Christian, it may be difficult to go and play for, for other teams where not so many of the fellows hey, are believers. So that is when our football is. It's on a Tuesday and on a Saturday. And as I've said, we always would have a devotion and a time of prayer. And why do we do this? Well, obviously because we're interested in football, but again, that's not the main goal. We do it because we're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We do it because we want to share the gospel of Christ. And as I finish, I would just like to leave a couple of verses with you tonight from Scripture. You've seen one of these verses uh, flashing up, uh, maybe on the screen there, just as we've been working our way through some of the slides. And it's 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 20. And it says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And then as we move over to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That is why we're involved in ambassadors that we will be Christ's witnesses as we go out and play our football and as we talk and chat with other guys. And hopefully our witness and by the movement of the Holy Spirit that others will come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That verse in Acts there just speaks very briefly. Christ had been speaking to his disciples and he was telling them to go out to Jerusalem where they lived and perhaps that's where you're going out tomorrow morning into the middle of a hall to share your faith with others. Maybe you'll have to go out to Judea, maybe as far as Samaria, maybe to the very ends of the earth like the cycle for hope ministry as well. I would encourage you tonight to get involved either with ambassadors or with it whatever you feel your ministry is. And if you're a believer, that you can go out and share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we seek to do with ambassadors. And maybe perhaps Derek can get you a hat, and you can pin it up here on the notice board in the church, or one at home or whatever. And every time you go past the hat, if you're not using it, remember to pray for the work of ambassadors we seek to reach out with the gospel of Christ. Thanks again. Thank you very much, Deli. Uh, it's great to have people like Deli on board. And the next wee slide there, as you can see, um, there's, there's plenty that can be done. There's plenty of work to be done. There's plenty going on. As it says in Matthew 9, 37 to 38, it says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray unto the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into, his, into the harvest. So um, 
It's great that we, uh, it's great to have people like Delhi because, you know, there's so many things can be happening, there's so many things can be going on, and we just need more and more people uh, to be involved. Uh, we praise God because, next week's slide, if it's not working, Gary, um, God has provided us with people. God has provided us with some great people. CJ and Emily, who went full-time just after lockdown, uh, have been an absolute blessing to us. Uh, the ambassador's family is getting bigger. There's another uh, baby born there as well, uh, we Carlos. Uh, Carlos is uh, Spanish for, for Charles. That's uh, CJ, Charles Jones. Um, so that wee family has grown as well. Uh, and it's great that uh, CJ and Emily have been got involved in this futsal ministry, this futsal ministry that uh, just seemed to happen. It just seemed to sort of uh, start. Um, it just seemed to be a need, and, and they followed where the need was. Uh, and it's grown very, very big, and it's something that uh, is very important for these people um, from different countries that are coming, out, coming to uh, um, coming to Northern Ireland, and it's a great way of connecting. And of course, we have the Glass family that you've already seen. It's great to have them. And again, and just wee baby Rowan, born not that long ago. And then actually, I don't know if you heard me talking about Julio. Julio's from Albania, and him and his wife had a wee baby uh, not that long ago either. So there's a real baby boom at the minute. Um, next wee slide. Uh, this is Paul and Angela. Uh, I think I might have mentioned them to you before. Paul and Angela are from the U.S., um, and they would have knew CJ. Um, Paul went to his, uh, university with CJ, and they expressed an interest away a long time ago about maybe coming and serving with ambassadors here in Northern Ireland. And sometimes you hear these things and people say these things and you think this is no, never going to happen, but they followed the process. Um, they got their visas. Um, we have to keep a real close eye and um, just all their details. We have to keep a good records of the details because the Home Office could come in at any time and ask us where, where these guys are, what are they doing. Uh, so there's a bit of work in it, but they have been an absolute blessing to us. Uh, they were here six months. Uh, they actually, they're due to leave at the end of April, but um, actually I met up with them there last week, and they're talking about con and considering maybe adding a few more months at least on. Uh, so that's a good sign that they've enjoyed it here. So they're very uh, active in, uh, with the, the academy teams, with uh, Angela, she plays in the futsal, the ladies' football team, um, and they both coach in schools as well, and they've been absolutely fantastic. And we're really blessed to have people like these. We have actually two more young lads are um, interested in being uh, interns with us next year. So God's really blessing us and he's really providing uh, the people we need. Uh, we don't forget to pray on a Thursday night uh, from Zoom has been absolutely amazing. We've discovered that we can get together uh, to pray in Zoom. Uh, and it saves a lot of travel. And it saves the last call we had, two people from Brazil, two people from America, and then me from Hockle and a few from other, other parts uh, around Northern Ireland as well. So on Thursday nights we meet and we pray. And we pray because there's big things happening. Uh, and we need to pray. Um, I've mentioned to you before about the, Blo the Brownlow Project. Uh, this is uh, something that uh, when Stuart had uh, heard about this place, uh, there was, uh, it was being knocked down. It's the, the old leisure centre in Craig Avon. And that building's going to be knocked down. But if you see the pitch there, uh, and there's a little training pitch beside that pitch, just in the middle there as well, all the infrastructure, uh, the lights, the fencing, everything's there. Um, and we have put a, an expression of interest and in just uh, at the end of January there, there was a business plan went in to the council. So we're probably 95% sure that we're going to get this. So when Stuart says to me, I thought this is brilliant, this is an amazing place because out, out around this area, there is Catholics, on one side there's Protestants, it's an area of uh, social deprivation that's been known for paramilitaries in the past. Uh, the councillor uh, uh, ticks all the boxes for, um, for funding. Uh, 
the, the foreign national community out around that as well. There's a Portuguese community, there is an East Timorese community, um, and many more nationalities as well. Um, and one of the first questions I had, one of the first thoughts I had, this is brilliant if we get this place. Well, it's going to cost a lot of money for a start. We were nervous about that. We need to pray. And then also we need somebody that's going to be able to be there and look after this and, uh, and do something with the ministry. We need bodies. We need people. We need uh, more people. Um, and it's just an amazing story I'm going to tell you here about this, uh, this wee family. So we had been talking about this pitch and we had been wondering about this, uh, who's going to run it. And I think it was Stuart contacted me to say this guy has been in touch. So bear with me in this story. It goes here, there, and everywhere a wee bit. But Rob Cuthbert, who was mentioned there, um, he has a sister who is married to a guy from Spain, Abisai. Abisai was on, uh, they worked for WEC missions. So Abisai, he was doing language study in New Zealand, and he met Jaziel and Danielle, who were doing language study as well. They were working for WEC, or they were training to work for WEC as well. Um, so da Jaziel and Danielle then went on to work for WEC for three years. They served, but they decided they were going to have a family. They went back to Brazil to have their family. Uh, and now that they've had their family, they are now thinking and feeling called by God to go out again, to go out and serve, but they don't know what, they didn't know what they were wanting to do. They couldn't really, hadn't really pinpointed where they were going to go. So Jaziel and, and Abisai had kept in contact. Abisai is now living in Northern Ireland with uh, Robert's sister. Uh, they're married and living in uh, Northern Ireland. And as they contacted and talked to each other about this, Abisai said, did you ever, I know you love football, did you ever hear of Ambassador's Football? There's a thing in Northern Ireland called Ambassador's Football. Um, it may be something for you to do. So as I say then, he contacted uh, Ambassador to find out something more about it. Stuart got picked up the message and let me know about it. I arranged to meet uh, Giselle on a Zoom call, and we had a chat. And again, it's that time at the start, you're thinking, well, these people are interested, but, but you know, how could this ever happen? They're from Brazil, and what would they want to come to Northern Ireland for, or whatever? And uh, as we talked then, I realized they're Brazilian, and they speak Portuguese. So the, the area in Brownlow, uh, there's a Portuguese community. So we talked on, and I asked them where they had served uh, with WEC, and they said they had three years in East Timor. Uh, and at that moment, the shivers uh, went up my back. That's again, I, I actually at the time, I didn't even realize church explained to me that, that about the East Timor, East Timorese community uh, in Brownlow, in the Brownlow area. Uh, so it's just absolutely amazing that we look at that, that pitch. Every time I looked at that pitch in Brownlow and looked at that picture, I was getting nervous. I was getting scared. I was getting worried. How's this ever going to work out? But you know, God is just going before us. Um, so my last uh, meeting with Jazeel and Danielle, they have written a prayer letter. They're actually actively spending time uh, speaking about what they're going to do in Northern Ireland, uh, speaking about the work in Northern Ireland so that they can raise the support. Now, we're talking about a year, maybe a year and a half down the line before we get the pitch and before they're ready and prepared to do this. But would you pray for this wee family and pray that they would come over and they would uh, be able to look after that pitch, they'd be able to be involved in our programs um, and... Uh, they'll be able to work with those communities in that area. And then the Cuthbert family, Robert has been mentioned a few times. Uh, Robert is now serving in Senegal. He, uh, he started ambassadors here in Northern Ireland, uh, and then he went to Africa, and he served in the Congo. And in 2015, I was able to go out to the Congo to Robert, and I ran a, involved in running a trek course where we trained the coaches uh, a lot of coaches went off and started teams. I think it's 16 coaches went and started teams. Uh, they then formed a league, and that league still runs today. 
Uh, Rob left shortly after the league got started. Um, he had left to work with um, a lo some local people there um, who were good people that he trusted. And again, he's they were proved trustworthy because that league's still running. But Rob then went on to uh, go to Dakar because he became the national director uh, for ambassadors for uh, Africa. And they felt that Dakar would be a strategic place for him when he was flying out to do uh, field visits to um, all the different uh, uh, directors uh, in Africa. And over a period of two years, he was involved in that, uh, in that ministry. But over that two years, he had made contacts and he's got to know people. Um, and he's got to know people that's involved in football. And just maybe six or seven months ago, I think it is, or maybe, maybe longer, but he really started to feel that there could be an ambassadors in Senegal, there could be ambassadors in Dakar. Um, and he, he left his job with, uh, as, as far as the national directors were concerned, and he started to concentrate on uh, doing what he'd done in the Congo, uh, starting in an office. Um, and in October past there, I was able to go and visit Robert um, and just see things that are happening and things that are going on um, as he prepares to... Uh, just start an office in, in Senegal. Senegal is a 95% Muslim country, so it's a very different sort of place. The picture you see there when I visit it, that's, we are actually standing on the roof of a Bible college, which is in a village called Sangi, which is about 45 minutes from Dakar. Pastor Yosef is someone who, who Rob knew from years ago, I think. He maybe met him on the cycle as well, I think. Um, so he knows Pastor Yosef. Pastor Yosef was the director of this small Bible college uh, in this little village in Sangi. Uh, outside Dakar uh, and Pastor Yosef has been he's a, a, just a, such a strong Christian man and he has made so many great inroads in the village and Rob really has felt that um, to start this ministry he needed a place to start it he needed a, he needed a pitch um, he needed the support of, of, of Yosef who has been a, a real wise counsel for him and, and helped him to sort of suss out what um, the way forward and everything. Where we're standing just in behind us is this piece of land, um, not too far from the Bible College. And Rob really, even when you look at that, it just looks like a football pitch straight away. Uh, it was the perfect size. So Rob um, wanted to buy this land and he made an approach to the guy who uh, owned the land. And amazingly, uh, the guy was prepared to sell because it's very rare that people will sell land unless they really, there's a need. The Bible College have tried to buy this land before and were not able to. The guy wasn't selling. When Rob went and asked him for it, he was sold it straight. He wanted to sell it straight away. They raised funds, they raised support, and they now own this land. And that that is going to be scraped, put uh, goals on it, and uh, we will actually in June. Um, I'm taking a plane tour out. Um, we will actually play on that pitch and run a camp on that pitch. Um, the bigger plans are that uh, that pitch would become like a, an astroturf pitch. That would be something that would be absolutely amazing in that area. It would be such an attraction in that area. They would start a football academy for kids to come along. Um, but of course, all this, uh, all the reason for ambassadors is that they would have an opportunity to share their faith. Uh, Rob follows uh, Pastor Yosef's guidance uh, very uh, clearly. He always listens to him and what he says because you ha we have to be wise in what we do and how far we push. In this piece of land, we also, you'll see up on the left-hand side there, we have it sort of mar marked out. There's a couple of houses going to be built, one for Robert, and his family to live uh, in that village. They're going to move out of Dakar, move their kids from school again. Uh, amazing sacri sacrificial family they are. They're going to move their kids again and they're going to move out and live in that village. There's actually another house there and the idea of that is for teams to come out or they're praying that they will have someone who will come and work with them, uh, some more members of staff. Uh, so the house will be there for that. 
Um, when I was over in October, uh, I had the opportunity to go with Rob when Pastor Yusuf had set up a meeting with the village chief. Um, the reason for that meeting was to get uh, his blessing uh, to move to the, the village. Uh, and it was a great meeting, and the man was lovely, and um, everything went well, and they've now got the blessing to move into that village. And uh, we don't take that for granted. Uh, God was going before us. And uh, the, the, the fact that Pastor Yusuf had spent so much time in that village and, and got, getting to meet these people who are all Muslims, um, but he's just such a, uh, just such a witness uh, for Christ there. Uh, the, the respect that he has built up has just opened so many doors uh, for this ministry to happen. Um, so I said, the plan is then when we were there, what we were planning, what we were plotting was that we would take a team out. In the Congo, when uh, Rob was starting the ministry, one of the things he'd done was he ran a playing tour. They brought people from Northern Ireland over and uh, Rob set up matches where they were able to go out and play in these different areas. And it kind of raised awareness of who they were in the area. Um, it, it raised awareness that, uh, of this ministry um, and it really benefited them. So we felt that this maybe at the start of this um, setting up in, in Senegal, this would be an idea that it would take a plane tour out. Now, saying you're going to take a plane tour out and actually doing it is two different things. You need uh, maybe 13, 14 players for a start. The opportunities we're going to have in Senegal, Rob's, Rob's uh, contacts um, are quite high-profile teams out there. Uh, Casa Sport is one of the teams that I've mentioned. They play, they're actually at the top of the, the Senegalese Premiership. Uh, so I've had the aim for a higher level player, which makes it even harder <laughs> when you're looking to take a team out. But God has been blessing, and I think we now have 11 players, and there's a few guys still to get back to me, uh, and they all play at a decent level of football. So again, yes, there's what we're going to do for Rob over there, but I, have, I also look at it for those guys that are going out, those young Christian footballers who are going out and being able to go out and uh, do something for God. They're going to be able to be involved in this project. They're going to be able to... Uh, coach, we're going to coach a few kids um, in that, on that pitch the first few days and then we're going to play these higher profile matches uh, then near the end of the trip. Uh, so that's happening in June, from the 10th to the 19th of June we're going out. So I'd appreciate prayers for that as well. And just the, all the logistics and all the planning, uh, like I say, these things just do not just happen. There's a lot of planning, even getting kits out there, getting equipment out there, uh, getting players. Um, at Rob, he's booking places to stay and uh, so there's a lot of planning, and I really appreciate prayers uh, for that as well. Next three slide, yeah. So a lot of people uh, would look at football, and they would see the corruption, even straight away from FIFA and these governing bodies, you, you hear the, the, about the corruption. And they see football as a bad thing, they see it as a, as a terrible thing, they see it as, as, as dirty and as, as filthy, and uh, it's full of cheats, it's full of... Uh, these overpaid players that set less than a good example. Uh, and even you come down to the, the local level of football, there's the, the drinking culture, there's the go to the pubs after the match, there's the swear and there's the bad language in the changing rooms, there's the, the rivalries and the fighting. And it can seem like, why would we have anything to do with something like that? Why would we even look at something like that? And again, it comes back to that uh, Matthew 9 um, and verse 10 to 13, and I'm not going to be able to read that from here. Um, but it's a, it's a passage where Jesus says about the sinners, he came to, to save the sinners. He didn't come for the righteous, he came for the sinners. And that's why we do what we do. The football community, yes, there, it is a difficult, difficult community. Just recently, I had the opportunity through my chaplaincy role with the Saturday morning lead to get involved with the team. 
And this wee team, have, uh, they've entered the league, they've got involved in the league. And to be honest, it's a lot of young lads from a rough area in town who uh, don't know how to conduct themselves at the side of the pitch. They've been in trouble with the league council already. Um, and I really felt drawn to maybe go to those ma their matches um, and just stand and just be with them. And the amount of time, the amount of opportunities people have, have come and started to talk to me and uh, I've went and taken their trainings uh, one night. And those are the people that, that, that Jesus would be trying to reach. Those are the people that Jesus would be amongst. And that's why we do what we do. Uh, there's, a, there's a mission field out there. Um, and ambassadors want to get out into the middle of that. And we want to uh, let those sinners know that there is hope. Let those sinners know that there, there is a future. Uh, let them know about our, our faith. Um, and football, a crazy game. Uh, a, a game maybe of corruption, but those are individual people. Those are people who, who need, need Christ in their lives. And ambassadors football just gives us the opportunity uh, to go out and to do that. Um, I also mentioned there about uh, coaching tours. Uh, this summer, um, there's opportunities for young people to go out to America. There's opportunities for young people to go out to Holland or uh, to Czech Republic. And if anyone uh, here is interested or if you know of someone that you think would benefit from going out on a trip, uh, maybe a young Christian who maybe needs strengthening his faith, uh, please let me know. Uh, I'm always on the lookout for people, not only for the trips over there, but for the camps over here as well. Um, so listen, thank you so much for uh, your time tonight. Thank you for what you do for me and what you do for us as an organization. Um, and let's just pray. Father, I thank you for mission, Father. I thank you for how you, when you save us, Father, you just put something in our hearts uh, where we want to go, we want to tell others, Lord, we're so excited and we're so full of joy and uh, we just want to share that joy with others. And Lord, as we look around us and we, as we look to the community of football and as we look to the, those who sit in the pub, Father, those who uh, have football as their God, those who look to football for their peace, uh, for their comfort, and Lord, they'll never find it there. Uh, Lord, we thank you that we have an opportunity to go to them. We thank you that uh, through ambassadors and through other organizations, Father, there's opportunities to go out and to reach these young people for Christ, uh, to reach uh, those who play football uh, at a professional level, those who uh, play at amateur level. Uh, just we thank you for the, the opportunities to do that. Uh, and Lord, I thank you for your goodness and, and providing for that, Lord. Um, I thank you for, for this church. I thank you for what they've uh, they've done for me and how they supported me, Lord. Um, and Lord, we, I thank you again even for the, the, being able to come tonight and just to share this, Father. And I pray that, uh, Lord, even through my stammering words, Lord, that people would be encouraged, uh, they would be inspired, Father, they would be excited to know, Lord, that, that your mission is continuing. Uh, Lord, that you are in control, Father, that despite our weaknesses, the, despite the, um, our feelings, Father, uh, Lord, you can still work through us. Um, and Lord, we pray, Father, for uh, that you would bless all the work of ambassadors down in Portadown, for the men's team, the ladies' team, all those different things that are going on, Father. We pray you would bless uh, this trip to Senegal. Um, and, and Lord, I just ask, Lord, that you would, uh, again, have encouraged someone here tonight. Um, we pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.